without further ado, let's hop right in. Um, so, so Pierre, you know, can, can you tell us a little bit like where you grew up and, and what it was like sort of growing up there? Uh, Pierre's so, mic is not on. Oh, is, oh. is it not? Did we get none of that? <laughs> oh no, we got well, none of that. Let's start over then. Let's start over then. Neither is mine. Oh no, I messed everything up. Everything. Oh no, I literally tested though. Oh my god. Oh, this is the well, worst. Well, at least it's only like a couple of minutes into the show. Yeah, yeah. I'm on. Okay, let's redo that then. Hold on. I actually need to fix this pop fan now. That's fine. That's fine. Everything's fine. Everything's great. <laughs> Some of this is gonna make it in. going perfectly um so anyway uh welcome welcome to the farmhouse everyone my name's alex hobbs i'm jordan smart and i'm pierre Lachef. today oh, our guest yes pierre no 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 it's good i'm <laughs> glad you operated um so for those of you listening for the first time uh this podcast is about we're, we're stanford based and, and we have different guests on and kind of chat with them about their journey and how they got where they got and and then we have sort of some current event based discussion in, in the second half of the podcast um so without without uh, taking any longer, let's just hop right in. Um, Pierre, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself, in terms of like where you grew up and like that sort of thing? Okay, uh, so uh, actually that's not as easy a question as it should be. I've grew up <laughs> quite a few different places. Uh, my dad moved around for his job, so uh, I guess kind of like my earliest memories are all in the Geneva area um, on the French side, okay. and then moved to Houston, and then London, then back in France to study, and then wow. back here. Jeez. So you know, quite a few places. Um, and yeah, do you, have, do you have a favorite out of the? <laughs> oh yeah, the, the hard question. The question: people who move dread. Uh, not really. I just, okay. I mean, I've enjoyed all of these. That's good. You know. What sort of what, what what did your dad do that had him move around so much? Uh, oil industry. So oh of course, wow, Houston. jeez, yeah, that yeah. makes a lot of sense. Yeah, cool, very cool. Um, so what was you know you how long did you sort of spend in each place? You said, so seven years in Geneva, okay. then four and a half in Houston. One in London, and okay. then five in France for you know undergrad and right. stuff, and then second year here. Right. Now. Yeah, yeah. Okay, <laughs> cool. Yeah, that's that's a lot of places in a lot of different times, yeah. <laughs> different areas. Yeah. yeah. Um, was it kind of weird transitioning? Like I know um, I've chatted with people who yeah. who were from you know military families, and, and it's a hard kind of hard moving mm. around a lot as a kid. Was it? I think as a kid I didn't mind that much. Like, it's just, you know, when your dad is like, we're moving to U.S., just like, oh, cool, you know. <laughs> uh, but then, yeah, the first, I mean, the first hard one was when I moved back to, I mean, to the U.K. After just, like, one year before senior year, and I was like, you know, I want to finish here. Oh, yeah, and stuff. yeah. That was annoying. Uh, and, yeah, the weird thing was, like, coming back to Europe and realizing you have such a different culture from people who haven't moved, and you're like, yeah. wait, I, I am French, but, like, I don't feel French. <laughs> like, what is this? Like, where do I belong? And then yeah. you start realizing, like, how different you are by having, you know, grown up in different places. Sure, sure. So, yeah. so it sounds like, I mean, France to Houston, I think, to, to American years, <laughs> sounds like a pretty harsh culture shock. Was, it, was there anything in particular that stood out about that experience that you remember having to uh, reconsider? 
good question. I mean, when you're a kid, you don't ask that many questions. Yeah, but, that's fair. Yeah, I don't know. It was, just, it was just fun moving there. And, you know, you kind of have this, you know, image of the U.S. It's mm-hmm. like kind of the forefront of the world. And so when you're a kid, you're just like, oh, that's so cool. You see all oh, the yeah, new stuff. Uh, and you started in Texas. Yeah, I figure yeah. Texas is about as... Yeah, 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 no. yeah. Yeah, that is about as American um, it's, it's as you America could have gotten. <laughs> <laughs> There are many places that are, are as American as it gets, and they're all very different. Uh, yeah. But yeah, that was cool. Had you had you had much experience in English when you when you went to Texas, or? Uh, well, you know, you start English like beginning of middle school in France, so I had like okay. a year of English. Ooh, that's and, a bit rough. Yeah, at that age you learn like surprisingly quickly, especially yeah. when you're like in an environment where you have to. Sure. Uh, it was an international school, so I had, I had like classes. I mean, most of my classes were in French, but you had I had a bunch of classes that were fully in English, and so you just figure it out. You know? mm-hmm. I didn't know that was. A th- I didn't realize that international schools <coughs> were a common thing in the U.S. because you know I had yeah. some friends from Germany who who came as foreign exchange students, mm-hmm. and I didn't know that was a. Is it sort of common or? In the U.S., I don't know. I think it was like influenced by like a bunch of French companies that were in Houston and they were like we you know we want to bring some of employees from okay, France and so like we, we need a school so yeah. like they kind of sponsored this private school to like create a French class okay so that they could like tell their employees like oh if you come to Houston we'll just put your kids there and they can right. keep like you know and stay in the French system and, and yeah I think that's how it happened makes but, sense um, I like actually because it, so it's, it wasn't like a French school it was like more international right uh yeah, I don't know how many there are. Right. There's actually a uh, like French and Chinese school here. Really? In is, in the Bay Area? Yeah, it's very like random. Just joined together. Palo Alto. Uh, oh, yeah, okay. it's huh. a strange story, but yeah. <laughs> so, was yeah. it big? Was the international school big, or was it kind of tiny? Uh, in Houston, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, like, for like the French part, it was like you know twenty-ish students per year, so oh, it wasn't wow. okay, big. Gotcha. And then I guess about like three times as many American students. I mean, mm. yeah. Yeah, it sounds super Say, different, yeah. Maybe more. I can't really tell. Yeah, it definitely, I mean, that sort of thing depends a lot on where you're at, too. Like, uh, you know, we went to big, I mean, I went to a big school. You went to a pretty big school, too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah. like. Oh, no, it was definitely on the tiny side of yeah. things. It was, yeah. Okay. That's very cool. That's very cool. Where, where exactly did you go to undergrad? Because you went to, you said you went to undergrad in in, in France. Right. And I, I guess. We don't call it undergrad in France. So I just okay. use undergrad so people kind of understand it here. But, like, the French system, like, never. Uh, kind of standardized to become, you know, readable to the uh, like British and American system. Mm. Uh, so it's very different in France. Uh, we don't have like undergrad. I mean, we do in some cases and we don't in others. It's very complicated. Yeah. It's you know, as the French likes to make things you know, <laughs> convoluted. Um, so what happens in the case, like in the track it shows, is that you first start with what we call. Uh, class preparatory, so like prep school, you take a national-wide exam, and then depending on the ranking on that, you get into engineering school. And so at the end of engineering school, you get a degree that's equivalent to a master degree. And so what I did is I substituted my last year uh, with a degree abroad, which is something like a lot of people start doing in France because it's becoming important to study abroad. So I will actually, so it was, I wasn't actually doing undergrad, I actually like, I almost had a master degree, and then I came here for like two years. So I'm going to end up with two master degrees, actually. It's weird. Nice. But yeah. So that was at the Ecole Polytechnique uh, in Paris area, in Palaiso. And yeah. Did, uh, have you noticed any significant sort of differences between the, the you know, American? You've been subjected to a lot yeah. of different educational systems mm-hmm. and probably UK too. Did you notice any sort of large differences or, or um, 
you know, I mean, besides the, I mean, the cost is probably the biggest. Oh one, yeah, yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a big one. Uh, but I mean, in terms of um, like, like undergrad and graduate studies, I think the biggest difference is that in France it's a lot more like theory oriented. Mm-hmm. I feel like in terms of uh, you know, pure like math and maybe physics background, uh, we kind of have a bigger one if like in France, like if you if you come out like especially with the preparatory school system, uh, you have a like very strong math and physics background. But then we don't do a lot of like project based stuff, and so like when when I come here, uh, I just see like all these undergrads who are doing like crazy stuff with like you know, uh, either student clubs or through classes, and we don't have a lot of that in France. But yeah. on the other hand, I see like graduate students who are taking like m- basic math classes to catch up on some of the stuff I might yeah. have, and they don't. So I think this would be the biggest difference. Okay. But it also depends where you go. Even in the U.S., from what I've heard, some schools are much more mm-hmm. like theory inclined, and yeah. and in France you have more like applied. Uh, kind of schools, but yeah. I think the general like trend is would be that. Yeah, that's really interesting. You said that because I remember I remember back when what was it? I think it was uh, you took machine learning with me, right? Yeah. Yeah, when we were in machine learning, I yeah. remember I was I was complaining that only half of the problems were like applied <laughs> stuff, and you were like, I don't know, the theory's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, yeah, no, it's something I value a lot. That like math background that I have is comes in very useful in a lot of like in a lot of situations. But at the same time, I don't have a lot of like hands on. You know, experience and other things. Like when I came here, I like I barely ever used like MATLAB and all that kind of stuff. Right. Just mm. just people doing like you know, um, just when they freshman year here. Yeah. Right, just start doing MATLAB and like coding and it's yeah. stuff like you don't really do in France until much later. Right. Yeah, MATLAB it's a really useful tool and and it was weird for me freshman year learning it because it was like I hadn't had any experience before and yeah. then all of a sudden it's like yeah here learn MATLAB. Yeah, they, yeah, I think yeah. MATLAB is one of those tools you you hate until you really need to do something, <laughs> and MATLAB, like, is built to do that one yeah. thing, and and you're like, oh okay, like this would be much easier than doing it by hand or, or what else, mm-hmm. but but yeah, it is it is kind of bitter medicine that you have to, you have to learn <laughs> yeah. to swallow. I mean, it's easier to learn like later down the road when you you know have done a lot of you know math and physics, but it's true. But you, it's also you see like, the value. You're like, why didn't I know this earlier? Like, I should have, <laughs> I should have learned. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> why didn't my linear professor tell me there was a way I could just type in matrices and solve all the problems? Yeah. They didn't want to let me know about that. It seems useful to me. Um, <laughs> so, uh, you you chose as well as me, um, mm-hmm. as opposed to this guy. <laughs> um, leaning more towards the master's as opposed to the PhD. Yeah. Did you have a reason? You know, I, I, I have my own reasons, and yeah. I think every individual kind of comes yeah. to that conclusion on their own. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, I think some don't even really think about it that mm-hmm. much because st- our, our department's weird in that you go, everyone, pretty much everyone enters into the master's department and yeah. then chooses if they want to continue on to the PhD afterwards. Yeah. Um, did you did you ever consider the PhD? And, and if so, you know, what why yeah. one over the other? Uh, well, I did consider a PhD, and I still am later down the road. It's just that, like, as of now, I've been I've been studying for seven years, <laughs> and you know, because of like all the you know weirdness of the French system, and so it kind of extended my studies. And I feel like I need to get work experience. And I see a lot of students here who do a PhD or not, but have worked in between you know undergrad and graduate mm-hmm. studies, and like that. I feel like that makes a lot of sense, and I haven't uh-huh. had that. And I feel like going straight into a PhD without having had more professional experience kind of doesn't make too much sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like I have to kind of explore uh, what I want to do more before yeah. before doing something like that. I think so, that's you know, a perspective, yeah. yeah. I, like, I feel like I would be interested in doing it. It's just, it doesn't feel like the right time. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense. You know, I know a lot of people say, you know, once you start working, you never go back to studying. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, maybe it will be sad, but, you know, if I'm happy with that, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't matter that much. 
I mean, was, was it a hard transition for no, you? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I, I guess I'll be the, the, the counterweight there. But I guess the, the question that raises in, in my mind is, you, you, I think, more than most have had a very international mm-hmm. experience and, mm-hmm. and, you know, be, because of the industry that mm-hmm. your father was associated with, but aerospace tends to be very insular. Yep. And, yep. and crossing national borders and finding work is not always the easiest yep. thing. So I'd like, I'd like to get just your take on, on that, the situation, how it affects yeah. people. Yeah, it's, it's actually something I struggled with a little bit because you know I chose to I chose to be in the aerospace industry because I'm just you know super interested in space and uh, it's something that really stimulates me and makes me want to like work for that. But at the same time, it's like it's not very international and it's also doesn't give you a lot of leverage on like where you want to work. Mm-hmm. Like it's in very few specific places and doesn't give you a lot of choice where you want to be. Um, I guess in Europe it's not as big of a problem because, you know, Europe is international in itself. Um, but it's still something I'm trying to answer for myself. Like, how, how do I, like, you know, keep, you know, living in an international environment as I really enjoy it and work in the industry which I love, which is the aerospace industry, which tends to be very nationalistic in some ways. Mm-hmm. At least, it, I mean, with the with the French background, I'm mm-hmm. sure that helps a lot with, because you have, you you know you have Airbus and then also is uh, is ESA ESA is in France, it's, right? Uh, I guess it's probably it's spread out. A bunch out. of places, yeah. ESA yeah. is Europe, but we also have the French space agency, so there are like two two right. things going on at the same time. Um, For those unfamiliar with ESA, it's the European Space Agency. Yeah. <laughs> is it ESA? Do you guys call it ESA there? Or? Uh, I think it's ESA. Yeah. Okay. I mean, both <laughs> people will understand both. I I tend to say ESA, but. Gotcha. Yeah. That's, you know, yeah. proper way to say it. <laughs> proper. <Yeah. laughs> um, I have one question uh, that's a kind of a completely unrelated to, well, not completely unrelated, it's also related to international stuff. But I was just wondering, you know, you've been all over. Uh, do you have a place that has favorite your, your favorite food or the best food? Favorite that food? Have, uh, best food of places you've visited or, or lived in, maybe? It's a hard call between France and Japan. Oh, it's, yeah, that's it's fair. Just, it's just, yeah. Yeah. I've, I, I haven't been to Japan, but French food is really good. Yeah, no, they're both, <laughs> it's just exceptional. Yeah. Uh, I, think, I think a couple of people were, you know, might have had their fingers crossed that you really enjoyed brisket down in Houston. But, uh, <laughs> I guess you're, yeah. you're throwing that they Texas great barbecue. great houses. Okay. That was great. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. southern food is, is, it is something special, I have to yeah. say. Can't really get it anywhere else quite as good. <laughs> um, is there anything like kind of random that you wanted to share about either your story of? Because a, a lot of people have different stories of sort of how they how they got to Stanford or why why in particular they wanted to go to Stanford. Like for you, it seemed yeah. you tended towards a bit more of a, a path in, um, you know, France and 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 you know that's where you decided. Like you, I'm sure you had some choices and you decided you yeah. know I want to swim my undergrad in France. And then for the for the study abroad, you said, yeah. oh, you know, Stanford seems like a good choice. And, and mm-hmm. um, what, what kind of brought you to that conclusion? What made you want to apply to them and, and, and yeah. that sort of thing? Uh, I think, like, part of it was that I was very frustrated to move back to Europe at the time when I did because I wanted to, like, finish my high school in Houston. Uh, and so I, and, and I, like, decided to stay in Europe for my undergrad uh, because it just didn't make too much sense to, like, go to the U.S. for undergrad. It's, like extremely expensive and I would have been far away from my family. <laughs> so I sort of made a deal with myself to come back for a master degree. And by the time I had to make a choice, it didn't matter as much to me, but it was still there. And so because my, you know, the Polytechnique is not very, doesn't have, it, it's, it's very broad in what it, it teaches and it doesn't have really like 
special specialized tracks, at least not in aerospace. It has a few, but mostly it teaches like very broad things like physics, mechanics, <laughs> and it, it doesn't really have like, applications. Yeah. Numbers. Uh, which, which, you know, is great for a lot of things, but like I want to do a specialized degree in, in you know, aerospace. And so right. the choice I had was either stay in France or like, you know, apply abroad. And I just like to like send a few applications in the US and, yeah. and I got a yes from Stanford. And I was like, you know, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of just, just you know, I, you know, send a, f- a bunch of applications and, sure. and, and to see what happened and, you know, got Stanford. That's very cool. Didn't seem like a bad choice. Yeah, no, 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 I'm just like, yeah. yeah. What's the, is, is there sort of, um, I know, like, very little perspective, and it's probably a bit hard for you to say because you spent mm-hmm. time in the U.S., but, like, you know, in the U.S., we, we tend to look very, you know, even foreign universities like Cambridge mm-hmm. and that sort of thing, we tend to look very highly upon. Mm-hmm. Is, is there, do, do foreign countries and individuals from them, you know, do they, I, I like, people know Harvard, but, like, mm-hmm. outside of that, do, do they tend to know a lot about, you know, different universities or even, even not even just universities, mm-hmm. even, like, um, I don't know, just different U.S., you know, places and that sort of thing. Is that is that common knowledge or is it not become as ingrained because it's, you know, it's yeah. sort of a secondary language for a lot of people there? Yeah, no, I mean, you know, U.S. and U.K. universities tend to export themselves very well yeah. in terms of reputation. So, like, people know what Stanford is, what yeah. Harvard is, what all of those are. The opposite is probably not true. I don't, I, I, I mean, you probably can't name a lot of French universities. I can't. I, I honestly <laughs> but, can't. Know, yeah, yeah. No, but, I mean, it's understandable. The system is so, like convoluted as I was no, saying earlier I'm just a uh, dumb American who only knows how to speak English no, it's like. just, it's just, <laughs> just how it is it's not something we export well yeah. Um, but yeah no people do know uh, like all those names yeah. either just you know through probably a lot through like Hollywood and stuff I gotcha. Maybe it would be that makes sense that makes yeah. sense a lot, of, a lot of TV and movies and that sort of thing going mm-hmm. um, did you have any other questions you want to ask Jordan or? Uh, well I guess the, the sort of variation on a, a theme a question I like to ask is is what Along the way, because obviously it sounds like your your plans and, and life courses changed a couple times. Yeah. What what like were you were you really sort of thinking? Okay, this is this is what it's gonna be for me, and then things worked out really differently. Just this, if if that feels a little yeah. too personal, on no, 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 like well, when I was in like high school, I was convinced I would do like computer science, and I ended up doing not that at all. Uh, so. Actually, when I was in high school, I was convinced I would stay in the UK to study, and I didn't get what I want, and I got something in France, which was very good, and I was like, you know, might as well try this, and I yeah. went there, and I, I, I fell in love with physics there. Um, oh, really? And so I was like, that's great. And you so almost I went, became a physicist? I went, well, not really. Like, I really enjoy, like, classical physics and all that stuff. Okay, um, yeah. And, like, when I was in preparatory school, and, and so I decided to, you know, follow that track, which led me to then put a technique. And there I realized, you know, I want to be an engineer, not like, I don't want to do research <laughs> in physics. And so there I kind of like started looking around what I could do. Um, and, and then, you know, space came along. I went to an event called Space Up, which actually is, was created, in the, like the idea was created in the US, but like never caught up in the US and it kind of became sort of big in Europe. Sounds cool. What is um, and it's like a w- usually weekend long event where a um, bunch of like space geeks gather and, and they just... You know, either they give talks or like they just you know exchange stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. So uh, the idea is to give as much room for people to do what they want. So if you want, you know, like get a room for an hour and talk about either talk about what you're doing or just start a conversation and stuff like that, and you kind of choose like where you know what room you go to depending on like the topics people have proposed for those rooms. And usually there are a bunch of guest speakers and maybe a few events planned. And I kind of went 
at that event kind of at random. Uh, I mean, I was always interested in space. Uh, I had done like a, an astrophysics project before and it was something I was like interested in, but I wasn't like, you know, like I'm going to do this. It was just something yeah. I was kind of like interested yeah. in among many other things. And so I was just, you know, let's just go see what it is. And at that point, I was like, this is super cool. I like, like, like the atmosphere of this mm-hmm. and like all the stuff that's happening in this field. And from there, I kind of like got more and more interested in, in space and and you know now I'm here and I s- will soon have a degree in aerospace. <laughs> yeah, so you know lots of different places started like oh I wanted computer science and physics and then kind of like got back to yeah. engineering and, and space. Yeah. Okay. Is it so? Is it sort of a conference, a, a space? It's an conference on or? conference, as it they call like, it. Sounds like Burning Man for rocket scientists. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good tagline. I should, I should recommend that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> burning, burn, yeah, burning man for for space geeks. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll just, note that down. Yeah, don't build an eighty foot rocket and just light it on fire. At the <laughs> yeah, that's cool. I think, uh, yeah, I, I sort of had a similar experience. I think one of the times that yeah. really interested me and got me more into research and, and led me down the path towards mm-hmm. doing graduate school as opposed to just finishing up my undergrad was was I went to a mechanical engineering conference, mm-hmm. uh, ASME, mm-hmm. uh, one of their conferences, and and. I, I, it was weird because I was also doing undergrad work mm-hmm. at the same time, so I had to like balance literally taking an exam with one of my professors for a different class during the conference, and also like doing a presentation or two and like going to mm-hmm. going to presentation. But, like every time I went to pre- presentation, it was just like, wow, this science is very cool. I, yeah. I you know, I, yeah. I appreciate this, and, and even if <laughs> many of them don't end up going anywhere, as research yeah. sometimes does, many of them will, and and will become future things mm-hmm. that people work on. So. I, I definitely feel you there um, yeah. on, on, the, on the coolness of research and seeing stuff in front of you. Yeah. Also just meeting the people and like yeah. realizing there's a vibe that you enjoy. Definitely. I think like a yeah. lot of it was that. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. There's a certain certain um, personality and, yeah. and, and type of yeah. people that, that want to dedicate themselves yeah. to research and that yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. Um, did you do any research while you were here at Stanford? or? I ended up not really doing any okay. research. Gotcha. Uh, Wasn't but... sure. Yeah, I, I, I wasn't sure, and I wanted to ask you to double-check. Um, that's very cool, yeah. Um, did you have anything else? Well, I guess, I mean, um, since we're, we're kind of packing around the edges of it, um, aerospace is a pretty diverse field, and, mm-hmm. and I think we all have slightly different specialties, so I just wanted, if you want to talk a little bit just about what you're into, what you're excited about, what you kind of maybe see coming over the horizon that, uh, you know, okay. from your, yeah. your vantage point looks exciting in the field. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, before being, you know, excited about anything specific, I just love the field as a whole from like science exploration to, you know, uh, private space and like the whole spectrum of it. I'm really interested in, um, where to start? No, one thing that, one thing that I find really cool here in the U S is like this renewal of the private industry Mm -hmm. all this like, uh, you know, new space companies as they're called. So there's of course SpaceX that everyone knows, but like, a lot of other companies I'm really interested in and that people talk about less are like all the Planet Labs and, you know, yeah. Spire, OneWeb and all those companies that try to, you know, uh, do stuff with space and like find what like uh, what kind of business model you can start with that. Uh, not just like, you know, the service, but like, you know, what 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 can we do with when, once yeah. we have satellites up there? And I find that really cool and it's definitely something that's missing in Europe right now hmm. and that I'm really hoping to maybe contribute to if, if it can happen. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is, yeah. New space and all yeah, that. Yeah, I think that's that's definitely because if if nothing else, I think 
I may be misremembering the name, but I think Maxar Technologies is a new company that was formed by like the the merger of four different companies that were kind of in in the yeah. So they had I think sort of a competitor to Planet, like somebody that was building you know these small sats for for Earth observation, but they now do the full sort of vertical stack from you know arranging the launch. They do that all themselves, but but the product that they deliver to people is is the images have been you know downlink process and, yep. and you've gone through data processing yep. and everything so they're they're selling like the raw information mm-hmm. like i think one of the examples mm-hmm. that that mm-hmm. planet gives is you know say you're a commodities trader on wall street or you're you're maybe monitoring um arms or drug trafficking mm-hmm. in an area you know with with rapid satellite observation of earth you can monitor how many ships are coming in and out of a port mm-hmm. you know two yep. three times a yep. day maybe and you know that information is useful if you want to know like what did the orange crop look like this year? And you're watching the port of Miami or something, or you know, tracking maybe a, a law ship or, or something like that. And mm-hmm. these guys, you know, even though they are a, a new space company, they're they're just going to sell you that information. You know, yep. just tell you how many ships are, yeah. so you you don't see the, you know, you treat the entire space operation mm-hmm. as sort of a, a black box. And I think yeah. that the fact that you got like that that stack pre-existed mm-hmm. and just you know a company had to coalesce out of that mm-hmm. kind of really shows like this is a part of the economy mm-hmm. now yeah. and it's not it's yeah. not just you know a bunch of crazy kids like with <laughs> yeah. with cube sets trying to, <laughs> trying to change like the that. world yeah. yeah i mean they're still around crazy kids are still around oh yeah yeah we've got <laughs> quite it's a few of them around here <laughs> <laughs> no kidding <laughs> um, uh, but, yeah yeah. I think we'll, we'll, we'll take a break there and come back in a few minutes to uh, discuss some current events. Hey everyone, this is your editor Alex Hobbs coming to you real quick for just a few things in the middle. First of all, thanks again to Pierre for appearing on the show. I realized partway through editing that we never actually clarified that he is getting his master's in the Department of Aeronautics and Astronautics uh, very soon with, with me and Jordan. We I think with the beginning, which you heard, where where things were a little uh, messed up, we, we kind of never clarified that and, and just wanted to let you guys know. Uh, thank you again to Andy G. Cohen for his music on the Free Music Archives. Uh, the music you hear are, are small samples of his song Scramby Eggs off the album Layers and Just a Blip off the album Through the Lens. They're great, and, and you should definitely check them out. You can find links on our website at thefarmcast.com or in the podcast episode description. Uh, for this upcoming part, uh we did have a little bit of audio issues i'm not sure quite why it didn't turn out as well as the first half of the podcast in terms of audio quality uh did my best with it hopefully it won't be much of a bother to you guys but you know just wanted to give you a quick warning if you enjoyed this episode uh feel free to uh subscribe to us on on twitter or facebook at the Farmcast. Uh, or tell your friends, tell your loved ones, tell complete strangers on the streets, you know, just let people know and, and we would certainly appreciate that. And the one last thing I wanted to say before I go is, um, the second half of the podcast is a little bit different than it was in the first episode. Uh, you'll, you'll see what I mean in a minute, but, uh, if you aren't as, uh, interested in it, don't worry. Uh, we're going back to the regular format next episode. Just wanted to let you know that it's not 
you know, we haven't changed the format for the podcast. We just decided to do something a little different this week. And next week we'll be back to sort of the normal discussions of current events and, and research and science and that sort of stuff. So uh, thanks again for listening and uh, I'll talk to you soon. Have a good one. So uh, for today's discussion, in honor of uh, the fact that literally the three of us uh, and a couple other friends are going to see Solo here tonight, um, and when you hear this, it'll have been out for at least a week. Yeah, if, mm-hmm. if aerospace engineers talking about aerospace engineering is your limit for nerd, this is, <laughs> this is the time to stop the podcast and go do something yeah. else. Yeah, we're not gonna we're not gonna blame you. Um, we're, we're still trying to figure out exactly about what we generally want to do in the second half, but I think today we were just really excited about upcoming Star Wars movies, so we kind of wanted to just talk about that. Um, to start off, I kind of just wanted to ask Pierre, you know, is, is Star Wars as big in, in France and in Europe as it is in the U.S.? And, you know, when you see it, do they usually do it in French or do they do it in English with, with subtitles or they yeah. just normally do English showings? Yeah. I would say Star Wars is probably as big in France as it is here. Uh, it's pretty universal of a franchise, especially compared to something like Marvel, which is, it's, it's pretty big in France now, there's a cinematic universe, yeah. but like growing up, I, like I knew who like Spider-Man, right. like Batman, or a couple of Captain America, not yeah. as popular. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 Captain America, right? came out. Uh, but like, you know, I, the comics are not easy to find in France and stuff like that. It's not, like, it's not a big part of the culture, right. but I feel like Star Wars has always been, like I've known Star Wars since I was a kid, and I... I watch the movies very long, and it's cool. part of the culture. Like, I don't know if it's as big as it is here, but probably, yeah. Generally in French, or is they show in English, or kind of both? Uh, yeah, so it's a pretty interesting topic, actually. Like, France has a very big dubbing industry. Oh, it's very really? protective of its culture, so it's like, oh, we have to have all the movies in French. And, yeah. Like, <laughs> and the most French thing I can think of. <laughs> <laughs> I really want to know what the French James Earl Jones looks like for Darth Vader's <laughs> Yeah, but the thing is, like, I've been... Ever since I moved to Houston, actually, I've been watching all my movies in, you know, original version, no matter what the language is, and then, mm-hmm. you know, subtitles if you need them. So I actually don't remember what the dub is like. Um, but, you know, as a kid, I was watching uh, with the dub. Uh, but, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that would be interesting. Yeah, that would be interesting. So, the names are different, too. Um, oh, really? Oh. Yeah. Huh. Darth Vader is Dark Vador, so Dark Vader. Oh. But with O instead of an E, stuff like okay. that. Okay. R2-D2 like is D2-R2 for some reason. They're just lying. They're lost in translation. Yeah, I, I don't really know why. <laughs> That's, uh, that, this, you bring up a funny quote with the translations back and yeah. forth. Well, <laughs> if, if anyone listening has free time, I highly recommend looking up there's a, I believe it's a Chinese bootleg of one of the prequels. Oh, yeah. yeah. The Chinese and, and subtitles for Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. yeah. So so basically what happened was, I believe it was, they dubbed it, they they had Chinese subtitles of of uh, Star, one of the Star Wars prequels, and then there was a bootleg of it where they translated the subtitles back into English, yeah. and it's still the English voice actors. And it's 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 <laughs> the most absurd, yeah. ridiculous yeah, think, thing. Yeah, I think this was Pretty like bad, yeah. around the time that the prequels launched. So, oh, yeah. so if you're if you're used to modern Google Translate, this was not that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. I, I remember, they just like refer to the force as like the Anglican Church or something, <laughs> and it's just it's really weird. It's great. I recommend checking it out. Um, but uh, yeah, so 
I mean, I, I, yeah, that's cool to hear that it's this big. I kind of, I figured it was this big. Like, yeah, it's, yeah. You know. Star Wars is very universal. I mean, yeah. I, don't, I don't think Disney would let it be <laughs> not as big. The, yeah. the mouse will make yeah. you. <laughs> I feel like it's always been. Like, okay, yeah. so this, this is, I guess, my little private conspiracy theory that um, I noticed on Reddit, right? There's there's the prequel memes subreddit. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. gotten quite large. I think that's I think that's Disney PR <laughs> like trying trying to rehabilitate the prequels. Do they really want the prequels I, to be a meme though? Well, that's the thing. I think if you spend like you know four billion dollars, right? I think they realize like okay, you're not going to get people to take it seriously. But I think they realize they could make people like appreciate them as a joke, and and that they've been conducting a PR campaign yeah. to to rehabilitate the image of the prequels them funny instead of just a travesty. That makes a lot of sense. I just want to watch it again because of that. Like, I think there's edited versions where they just remove every scene with Jar Jar. Oh, <laughs> Which... but that's... Okay, but so then there's the other the best theory is that Jar Jar was meant to be a Sith Lord. Yeah. 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 I love Which, that Which, again, theory. yeah, Google that if you haven't to because it's, it's more convincing than you might think. How... And then everyone hated him and they were like, let's cut that out. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's like you already hated him. You had the perfect villain. Yeah. Like, I think they, they, they caved and they were like, yeah, we can't go forward with this. <laughs> like, we can't. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't watch them until I was, like, 12 or 13. Like, it took me a while to get into Star Wars. And then and then I watched all of them, like... Like, my family went down to the beach, and I think I got introduced to, like, episode four. And then I was like, oh, look, in this beach house we're renting, there's just all the other movies. And then my, like, family went out to the beach. I was like, I'm just going to watch Star Wars, guys. Yeah. I, I do remember being really confused by the fact that episode four, because you know this is before the prequels, uh-huh. so the fact that episode four was the first one, uh-huh. I was like, "What are you playing at?" <laughs> like, you know, a little seven-year-old cynical, just being like, "What? What are you like? I'm just gonna like, I'm just gonna watch these and then be like, oh yeah, I really want to see episode one to three, and then I did. So, yeah, of course you know, were. Yeah, you were. Well, when you're young enough, I think the prequels are good. You know, I, yeah. I don't know. Like, I mean, I oh, like yeah, them, no. Yeah, yeah. I, was a kid. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like enjoying them, like when I watch them. The CGI does not hold up. Yeah. No, no, not at all. Ooh, I watched yeah. some clips the other day, and they ooh, ooh, yeah. did not look good. Three was better. Three was better. But I, when you watch like Liam Neeson as uh, oh, as Qui Gon Jinn, yeah, quite some acrobatics. Yeah, well, even the acrobatics and just like when he's fighting Darth Maul and they're going between these laser doors. Uh, it's just it looks really bad. Oh, really? Because I, I haven't like I thought that was one of the good parts of the whole trilogy. Yeah, maybe it was just because yeah. I there's such a high bar now. You like, know, true. Par- partly just like video games as our like common most common exposure mm-hmm. to CGI. Like if you look at a lot of the big battle scenes, like with the the big tanks and and even the star fighters and everything, like it looks like you know high end sort of PS two era right, graphics. Yeah. You know, now like today. Today, if, like, Battlefield or Call of Duty looked like that, people would be like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> but, you know, that was, that was the best we could do back, you know, 15 years ago. However, how long yeah. has it been? It, they came out around the same time as uh, the Jurassic Park, didn't they? And Jurassic Park still holds up. No, the, the original I Jurassic Park so. was, like, early 90s. Yeah. Yeah. And then the prequels, I think, were, were like, Late 10 90s. years after that. Yeah. 10 years at Wait, hold yeah. on. Yeah, yeah, Alex, I think it's, Alex it's, is googling to, to <laughs> nail down the timeline. It's just important. It's also like not a question of like how old it is, just a question of like how timeless they try to make it. Mm. Six years later, some CGI, some CGI movies age pretty well. Well, I think 
I think Jurassic Park used a, a pretty high proportion of practical effects. Like, there, there was some, I think, but I think most of the dinosaurs, especially if you see them interacting with people, were, were usually practical effects. Yeah, and they did, they did, I think the T-Rex was practical. Um, but, like, the first big scene where they play the music oh, in yeah, Jurassic yeah. Park is, is all CGI, right? Like, I, yeah, I, I assume they didn't. You know, actually build a field full of dinosaurs. Well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I think the the scene where they roll up on the brontosaurus um, has, has got to be because, like, partly, like, I mean, this is obviously really early, and people weren't super great at acting in response to CGI because they just <laughs> have like the blankest looks on their faces. Yeah. Like, we don't know what we're looking at, yeah. but you know, I'm sure the director was telling them like, "You're seeing a giant dinosaur," and Don Williams is. <laughs> Rising crescendo scores <laughs> playing in the background. Look amazed. Do you think it'll be better than the other side movie we've had so far? Because what Rogue One? Rogue One, yeah. Okay. Like, I have to say, I have very low expectations. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't want to be the party pooper in the room, but like, <laughs> I feel like it's a movie like nobody wanted. And Disney wanted it. <laughs> it prints money. What do you want? Uh, yeah, no, but like, it's, it's like Rogue One was a super cool concept. I yeah. didn't like it as much as most people did, but like, I, I thought the idea of it was great, yeah. and and I hope that they like do other movies in that style. But like, so I like I, I met Brandon. I don't think a lot of people were like finally a backstory on that. So like, <laughs> I don't think anyone wanted that. He's been such a mysterious character for is so he? long. Yeah. Like, is he? I, 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 yeah, I'm going to see it because I love the universe. And yeah. just, you know, it like it does feel a bit like somebody just said, hey, we could do a movie about Han Solo. Yeah. And we were like, why not? They wrote out Han Solo on a whiteboard with the S as a dollar sign. and then. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, well, I guess the thing is, like, from the trailers, like, the guy playing Han Solo hasn't... So, like, he looks like he's... Per- he looks like he's a kid pretending to be Han Solo. And, like, like... Uh, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I get that. It appears like it's a bit hard to... It's a bit of a hard sell. Um, I, I, yeah, I don't have super high expectations. I just kind of, I don't know. It'll be fun. Like, I want to go see a fun. Like, honestly, how good are the Star Wars movies? Like, Last Jedi, they were in space and they dropped bombs on another ship? Oh, yeah. Like, (laughs) you want to piss off aerospace engineers. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's Star Wars. It's not really science fiction. Yeah. It's it's, it's like a space opera. It's fine. I don't, yeah. I don't care. It's Star Wars. Right? It's just, I don't expect it to be realistic. Yeah, it's, it's right? space yeah. fantasy. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. Right. it's space with magic. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I yeah. know, but it's, I don't know. Yeah. it's its own thing. It's yeah, cool. that's fair. I, I, you know, I don't care about old inconsistencies. The <laughs> <laughs> scientific inconsistencies. Yeah, no. I mean, yeah. I, I literally put down, when I was thinking of things to talk about for this, I put down scientific inaccuracies and then I like thought about it for like five seconds. We and I was like, <laughs> no, we're not. It's not. To go through that. So about this midichlorians. Oh, uh, don't yeah. even. I mean, I, I know a guy who knows all the sci- like science books with Star with uh, Star Wars. Mm-hmm. It's pretty interesting. Maybe you stole his stuff. Like, uh, doing yeah, science okay. with Star Wars. Yeah. Pretty cool. But yeah, yeah. yeah. I, think, I think I saw a professor who did like a structural analysis on the Death Star. <laughs> 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 yeah, trying try to figure you know one like how much actual material would you need, and it's like it's like several planetary masses worth of like metal wow. just to construct that thing. Maybe they started with a planet, and that took away all the land part. Off, and then, <laughs> you know, yeah. would the center the center's got to be real? Well, hard. no, that's that's what they did in um, in the Force Awakens, right? 
The, yeah, that's the, true. The, the new the not that star. star. Yeah, like that was just a planet. That what they was built it called again? Come. The Star Killer. Star Killer. Yeah. yeah Which star. it did not kill any stars. I just want to point no, that out. It, it, did it blow up the ones? Like it blew up all the planets. Planets. The, the, the planets. Yeah, but yeah. did it not blow up the star too? No. That's disappointing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess because it sucked the star. It, it oh, right. kind yeah, of spaceballs esque oh, used yeah, a vacuum yeah. on the star to get power. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just random details. Yeah. Yeah. That whole premise makes a lot of sense, but <laughs> <laughs> that part and the other part and then the other part. Oh, yeah. Well, that's okay. I mean, so one of the one of the subtle or I guess small things is yeah the the, the original Death Star. You know, it's it's big gun was called a mega laser, right? So what's got, it actually called? Yeah, a yeah. Mega laser? So, well, because all the little lasers on like you know like when they're flying over that they're shooting with. Those are called turbo lasers. What? Like, where is the turbo <laughs> involved in a laser? There's like, someone really fast is shooting them. I. They're the track athletes only. Yeah, but them. like, okay, it just sounds what? cool. That's what yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't. Yeah. Did you guys like the last Jedi? How'd you feel about it? Uh, I think a lot of it was great, and then a lot of it was really bad. So like I remember like watching the movie and going between the state of like oh this is amazing and they're like what are they doing and then back to oh my god this is so cool <laughs> like it was like the biggest like cinema roller coaster I've ever been to it was yeah, so it was weird yeah. yeah there there was a lot of skill on display particularly in the art direction mm-hmm. um, I would say it was was probably the strongest part mm-hmm. of it for me but yeah the writing and the uh, the the story craft like the, I yeah I walked out of the I don't. I don't see how a group of professional adults sat down at a table and agreed yeah. that this is what they would they wanted to put out. But some of it was really good in terms of story. Like, mm-hmm. for example, the way they developed uh, the bad guy Kylo. Ren. Oh yeah, yeah. 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 No. That was like well written. I thought. And, like, yeah. I think he stole the storyline. And then yeah. there was a the whole casino storyline, which was just weird. Like, that Rose character, no one cared about. And then it was, kind of, it was like, like it was a superposition of like really well done stuff. Maybe I don't know. So I think I think Solo is about to be about a heist. Maybe they just wanted to see if people would you know entertain the idea of a casino thing going on. I'd be down for a heist, a heist. Yeah, Star Wars. Like, like Ocean's yeah. Ocean's Eleven aliens. Yeah, yeah. If that's yeah. what it is. It'll be super cool. But yeah. you know, my doubts. <laughs> mm. I thought the um, pretty much. I thought that uh, there were definitely good parts. I didn't hate it or anything. Um, I Yoda, the whole Yoda thing. I think Yoda was awesome. I yeah, nailed it. Awesome. I think yeah. both his tone and just him as a character. Um, and I, I've had this discussion with with other people too. Do you guys think the music direction in in the new movies is as strong as it was in the previous ones? Um, it feels Ooh. it feels very. I, I basically the conclusion. Um, I'll kind of reach is that it's still good, but it does feel like they're trying to do a knockoff Star Wars with it. Yeah, as as much as you know, we've we've taken jabs at the prequels. Like the music in the prequels oh, is yeah. phenomenal. It is, yeah. Um, and this again, yeah, like it does feel a little bit like so, somebody is trying to do a Star Wars esque thing, mm-hmm. but isn't like actually. But it, I think it is still John Williams. Yeah, yeah, I think, like, but yeah, I mean, I think. But maybe it's in, but it's not. And it's just like, you know. Yeah, but it's in the room. There's a of people who are doing stuff, and it's just like, yeah, it sounds good. That's possible. Did he retire? That would be great. No. 
recruited. I don't know. I mean, I think does, does anybody retire when people are willing to write you million dollar checks to you know rewrite yeah rewrite the same music that you wrote four years ago? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Would you? <laughs> uh, yeah, I feel like I'd reach a point. Um, yeah, maybe. <laughs> I don't know, man. Um, the prequels. Do you guys have a favorite movie out of them or uh, Return of the Jedi? It's fine, but mm-hmm. it's weird to say like I haven't seen it in so long. Right. Like, yeah. From what I remember, it's just probably similar. Mm. Yeah, it has a film. Yeah, I mean, my joke with Vibe is always good. It's just they just. I think I said this to you guys. Yeah, like, yeah. Nothing happens. It's just the big what? big twist is that Vader <laughs> is his dad, and like he's on a cold planet, and he's on a swampy planet, and okay. then he finds out who his dad is. Like, like, he met Yoda. <laughs> he like yeah <laughs> actually became yeah, a Jedi, not true. just a dude with a laser sword. That's true. Yeah. I guess that's about. <laughs> it's just I really liked four, and then with five, it, it, I think it let me down because I already like I was by the time I watched it, it's like everyone knows the spoiler that Vader is right. dead. Yeah. So it's like the most impactful part of the movie was already. Ruined. I guess it's like I didn't really understand why that was a big deal. Just I like this is maybe I'm, I'm gonna struggle to explain that, but just like okay, that's your dad. It's not like you knew him. So it's funny. not like this is somebody you knew and you just found out he went off and it's a guy that you like just thought was dead. And he's just like, oh no, actually I've just been Darth Vader. It's like, oh, okay. Doesn't really affect his life that much. Or, yeah. But they were just they were so close before. Yeah, I guess I don't know. Buddy, buddy. I'm, just, I'm just underestimating the, the impact of I don't know. I mean it's like, yeah, he's his dad, but it's like if somebody, you know, came up and told me that like the Zodiac Killer was my fourth cousin. Like, you know, like... It's a little different yeah, relation there. Like, yeah, but it's like, I don't know. Yeah. He, he didn't know him. Like, he, he was just telling... I, I don't know. I tell, like, tell that orphan how to feel. Yeah. <laughs> I guess not actually an orphan, but he thought he was. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What do you guys think of the characters in the, in the, new, in the, new, in the new movies? I think Hux is great. I think Kylo Ren's great. I think, it's the general tender. I, th- I think oh. he would be better if he were competent and intimidating like like think of I guess the, the person I think of is like Charles Dance um, like Tywin from Game of Thrones like if, if Hux was like an actually competent capable general who was having to put up with Kylo throwing tantrums I think that would be another <laughs> take on his character um, instead he's just I don't know he's just kind of a, a He's a Weasley, like he, like yeah. he's, he's. That's why I like He's him. one of the Weasley brothers, except he's running an empire as yeah. far as we can really tell. Yeah, that's why I like him. I like the Weasley part. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think the new ones do a really good job as characters. Yeah. Except Rose. Except Rose, yeah. Mm. Is she a character at all? <laughs> she was right. just so. Yeah. yeah. I didn't want to. I didn't. I really didn't want to dislike her. I really just didn't. And then, and then the end scene, and I was like, nope, this is dumb now. It feels like they they wrote the script and they're like, but wait, we forgot Finn, and then they added the story. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think I think it would be better if Finn and Poe were the same character. Like if Finn had just been like an Imperial pilot who defected, right? And then he could be like a hotshot alliance pilot, but he's sure. also terrified of the Emperor. Yeah. I don't you know what I mean? And, yeah. yeah. I think they both work in the first one, seven or seven. Yeah. And like in, in eight, they're like, oh wait, what do we do with this guy? Yeah. I like Finn's cowardliness. It's very yeah. refreshing. Yeah. As opposed to, we're gonna go fight the dish. Yeah. Like, I don't know, it did. It did feel kind of like, 
Because, yeah, because the, the opposite of that is Poe is, like, all, all gung-ho, and the opposite, like, yeah. the leaders keep telling that, like, you need to calm down. And it's like, yeah, but, like, he's he's the leader of your, like, flight wing, and you're not explaining anything to him. <laughs> like, he's just having to, you know, make up yeah. what he thinks is, is the battle plan here. And it's just like... Yeah, that was weird. Know. That whole, like, that whole situation was weird. Yeah, a little yeah. bit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and just... He wanted to sacrifice him, so he built something around it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But then it was just, yeah. yeah. I don't know. There was, there was weird stuff. But, like, also, like, Rose just dragged Finn back. Like, one or the other. Maybe Finn dragged Rose back. But one of them dragged the other back. Like, before the vehicles back. got to the entrance of the cave. Like, yeah. that one, that one hurts my brain a little bit. Remember that? Yeah. So, like, yeah. Well, I mean, there's, Finn I is mean, about to, like, just, you know, slap. But keep in mind, yeah, like, Finn goes straight towards the thing yeah. but Rose is somehow able to like come around like from behind him and like intercept him so she must have faster been... yeah she's had a faster yeah. it was thing power of love yeah. makes your speeder faster <laughs> <laughs> then they made a weird thing of pointing out the planet was red for some reason and it just didn't matter oh well I guess just cause like people were like oh is this Hoth and then you know cause it looks like Hoth <laughs> at first but then like no this is salt and it was like, oh. They also wanted to play it super, out. Oh, you looked amazing. Oh, yeah, yeah. no. Like that, it looked that, really good. The it fight between good. Kylo and Luke is, is, I think, the best looking and best executed lightsaber fight in the series. Like this, Which one? The fight between Kylo and Luke. Being where he oh, didn't. Luke, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Where he didn't yeah. fight? <laughs> well, yeah, where, where yeah. Kylo fought Luke's ghost. Flesh ghost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. ghost. Yeah. yeah, that was cool. That was really, that was very cool. Um... And then I think they also pointed out because they wanted you to notice they did the nice footprints. Oh yeah, yeah. That's, um, that's cute. I haven't rewatched it, but I've been told that there were not footprints when, when he was walking in this in the sand um, yeah. or the salt or whatever it was. Yeah, it was so cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, is there anything else that stands out to you guys, Star Wars, like culturally or, or you know, plot wise or looking you know, looking back or looking forward? What do you guys want to chat about? I'm happy they make more movies. I love mm. the universe. Yeah. Uh, it's hit or miss, but, you know, some of it is good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm, like, I'm just, I'm really happy. It's better than the prequels. So yeah, I'm yeah. Happy, I'm happy yeah. with trying stuff. Like, some of it is a cash grab. Maybe the one we see tonight will be. <laughs> but, but, you know. We already have our cash. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm happy about that, too. And I, I hope, I hope it spawns more, more side stuff, because... I don't know. Not, not, I don't want to be overwhelmed. I think the movies tend to be the hot, the best quality for the most part. But I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Aren't they building Star Wars land somewhere? Yeah. Yeah, I think at, at Disney World. World exists. Yeah, I, th- I think it's open at Disney World now. Is it open already? Yeah, I think. I want to go meet Vader. <laughs> oh, yeah. you could. They, are, they had Star Wars Day for a while. Oh, they did? So, yeah, yeah. So okay. you can find like Vader and Stormtroopers walking around the park at certain... Yeah, it's really cool until he chokes you. Anyway. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> you have to sign a, a waiver. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, don't know, I think I think they're being hurt just by the fact that they're doing it in like you know, separate chunks and separate teams. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas, I mean, if you think yeah. about you know uh, the original trilogy and you think about that, you know, like compare like Lord of the Rings, mm-hmm. like you know, you had like essentially one person with one vision, like setting out like you know this is what the story's gonna be and. That, and, then, that was, and then his wife fixing the vision. When yeah, it was yeah, yeah, like editing it, <laughs> being like, yeah, yeah that's yeah. apparently a big thing. Yeah, like the rough cuts of, of Star Wars are not good. Um, <laughs> but like, 
Yeah, I think I think like that was the biggest issue with the last show is it spent half its time just undoing half of what happened in Force Awakens. Yeah. And, like there there was a you know, a noticeable lack of continuity, so I think I, I think I think Disney will get it right. I mean, like if you look at, you know, the Marvel Cinematic Universe took a couple tries to figure out like mm-hmm. what its what its formula was going to be, but they got there, and I expect Star Wars will at some point. It's more surprising to me that they didn't have going in, even if you have different producers. That's fine. It it's almost seemed with with the Last Jedi that they didn't have a like. I'm pretty sure for Marvel Cinematic Universe, they just have people who are like know the whole story. Mm-hmm. You know, they have those people and they are around. Whether they're producing every movie oh, yeah. or directing some or doing that sort of thing. Doesn't matter. They they exist, and it almost felt like they just didn't have that. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So hopefully they get that and get it down. Um, but yeah, I mean it's it's a really cool like worldwide phenomenon, and I think it's weirdly enough, despite its space opera and sci fi nature, I think it does inspire a lot of you know future oh, yeah, aerospace it's, engineers. It's, I'd, yeah, I would well. probably not be. I I'll say I'd probably not be in aerospace if, if Star Wars did not. Yeah, yeah. No, I think I think when I was younger, it definitely got me a lot more into it. Even not not like actively because I never associated it directly with reality. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you made space cool. <laughs> yeah, but you made space cool. You made space popular and, and approachable um, mm-hmm. without necessarily you know paying attention to the details. Uh, <laughs> I did. I did spend a lot of time researching whether or not it. it in any way, was it you know physically possible to put a lightsaber? Um, <laughs> there, there, there are some promising theories out there. Oh, for, well, you just yeah. gotta get the crystals first. The uh, oh yeah, what are they uh, called Kyrar crystals or whatever? Oh, my don't. Uh, <laughs> this will be another twenty minutes. The guy I was telling you about before who does science was with Star Wars made that calculation based on that scene where. Uh, in episode one, where they like go through a giant oh, like, pirate door, door. Yeah. he's like, "Oh, if you want to do this, you need like a nuclear power plant, and, like, two, <laughs> two nuclear power plants, and your lightsaber." <laughs> <I'm> like, okay, <laughs> got it. I'm on it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's, that's all you need. So, yeah. yeah, that's easy, right? All right, yeah. We're engineers. We can figure this out. Somebody give a call Elon Musk. It sounds like yeah. that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. No, he, he already is a boring company. You don't, don't need more. Yeah, don't, don't give me bad ideas. He's already selling flamethrowers. Yeah, what is... Oh, yeah. I forgot about uh, that. Yeah. Still don't get it. Seems like it's... He's just he's just trying to convince... Like, it just feels like it, something dumb and bad is waiting to happen when somebody who buys one. Well, it's, I mean, you know, you can buy shotgun shells that are designed to, like, shoot... Hundred foot gouts of flame out of your shotgun. I'm when sorry. They're, when they're fired. Did you learn this in Texas? Or no, I mean, well, I, mean, I saw it on, on Reddit earlier today. But um, yeah, I mean, America. <laughs> Dude, like that's the thing. That's the thing. I just told you that, and you didn't disbelieve me for a second. No, I didn't. Like yeah, like I, I told you, yeah, yeah. I'm you can make anymore. Yeah, you can make a shotgun <laughs> shoot a hundred foot long dragon tongue. Yeah, okay. I'm the only non-former Texan on this podcast. Right ah, stop. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, do you guys want to wrap it up there? Or? Yeah, I think so. I think that's a good ending sure. point. Um, we'll be back in uh, probably another two weeks. We're going to try to keep that schedule. Um, don't know who... I think we have someone lined up for the actual, but I don't. Yeah. I still don't know if there's a question just because it's... No. You know, we don't... I don't think we have... We're not, we're not professionals here, people. Also this that. <laughs> I, th- I think as we progress, I'm probably going to at some point get into the uh, 
listener question, but right now it's just, you know, I don't think me or Jordan are disillusioned with the number of listeners we have, so uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll yeah, wait a little longer. Yeah, and we'll also say we, you know, we'll, we'll probably be a bit more along the lines of, you know, what, what are people's insights into the industry? And oh, yeah. Yeah, so if, you know, <laughs> half an hour of just guys talking about Star Wars was not quite up your alley, although you have apparently listened all the way through of it. Um, <laughs> You know, maybe we'll have a bit more of a return to seriousness yeah. in, in the future. Yeah, that, that that's we're we're trying to keep it a mix right now. We just kind of want to, we're just having fun with it, just seeing seeing what people like, what people don't like, and, and also just as I said, just kind of enjoy ourselves. So, um, I'm Alex Hobbs. I'm Jordan Smart, and <laughs> thank you so much for listening to the Farmhouse, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you.